All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host, last year's uh, scoring champion, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski, also a former three-time champion. Um, for those that are new to the league, Rankin, uh, welcome to your first podcast as a member of the league. Joining me tonight, Phil Bruce from the Seawolves. Hey, thanks for having me on, and, and I think you needed one more title in there that you missed, a.k.a. Mr. Short Stacks. Yeah. I just want to make sure that gets included. Let, let, let's be thorough. I, I told you earlier this week, I'll show you what to do with $90, uh, what you've never been able to do with 200 plus, and that's building there. <laughs> so, and uh, you're, used to, uh, you're, you're used to showing off that little bit shorter of a stack to everybody else and try to do more with it. Hey, you know, I, I'd say I did okay in life, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, I, I think a wise man once told me on my wedding night that I outkicked my coverage, so. <laughs> that that wise man was Shane Stein. He's, I was going to say, is that, was that everybody at your wedding? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shane Stein from Take Your Ball and Go Home joining us also. How's it going, buddy? Uh, it's great to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's good to be back. Good to be back talking fancy football. Uh, it's been too long. Um, excited to get the season started here. Can you believe the NFL season is one week away? It does not feel real. I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I mean, I still. I mean, till this point, I'm still skeptical that they're going to finish, but they're going to give it a go. And I, I didn't think we even get to this point. I thought the season might be canceled. So. Uh, excited to see what happens. I'd say the one thing we've all learned over the last couple months is that NFL owners are the least empathetic people in the history of the world. <laughs> um, yeah. But There's too much money at stake for them not to play. They'll, they'll figure out a way. Even if they have to bring in replacement players. Yeah, and the fact that baseball is likely going to finish, it looks like... I mean, the NFL is not going to finish second to baseball in anything. They're not going to let that happen, so... If baseball can do it, all of these leagues can play fun. <laughs> I think they spent 60 days arguing over like five games in the schedule. They'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, we're a week away. I'm not saying it's going to look perfect, but I think we get there. I think we do this thing. So, um, I probably crammed a lot of uh, a lot of what normally would be months of preparation and work into a week because I just have never been able to get myself around with the fact that this is actually happening. It's just been that weird of a year. But here we are, and it's Thursday night at 9.30, and we are uh, three and a half days away from the draft. So I thought it might be a good time to talk about it. Uh, let's start off, though, with a little trivia little draft trivia. Um, what I'd like to know from you guys, we've now gone, this will be our sixth draft in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. We've had five prior. I'd like to, you guys to tell me who the highest priced players drafted in each one of the last five drafts were. Mm. Okay. So 2015, we were in Pizza Como. 2016, we were at Scherz House. The last two, or sorry, 
2017. Were the last three at Fedley's? No, last year was at Bowles. Oh, yeah, that's right. So eight, 17 and 18 were at Fedley's. 19 is at, Bo- at Bowles' house. That's right. All right. 2015 was Rob Gronkowski for $63. Somebody went for more than that, but that's a very... Uh-huh. He went for 62 that night. You're You're very close. Do we so do we have to have dollar amounts as well? Because I <laughs> that's uh that's phase two. Because right, twenty sixteen and seventeen. I'm trying to make sure I have my years right here. I believe twenty sixteen. So fifteen is year one. Yes. Okay. I'm saying twenty. Let's just go with the easiest one. I'm that I'm most positive. I was twenty seventeen is Antonio Brown. Yes, you took him for eighty four dollars. I believe that makes 2018 Antonio Brown as well. Yes, $93. Um, I believe 2019 was Julio Jones. Yes, Julio Jones went for $80 in 2019. Hmm. I mean, I guess I'll keep rolling 2016 is probably Antonio Brown as well you said 2016 yeah yes Antonio Brown went for $79 in that draft I don't think he was 2015 though so I'm not sure trying to think I'm trying to think too I don't think running back prices got there, so it had to be. This the whole league was open though. It was the first year. Mm-hmm. It, was it Julio again in twenty fifteen? It was not Julio. It was Mister Big Chest. He won for seventy six dollars in the first year too. So the first four years of our league, Antonio Brown was the highest drafted player. And then <laughs> Julio replaced him last year for $80. Now... Will he even get drafted in our league? <laughs> well, so last year, if you remember, there was a lot of Antonio Brown drama last year. I don't know if anyone was paying attention yeah. or not. Yeah, yeah, but he still, he still went for a healthy chunk of change. Um, so it's like a two-part question. Um... What did Antonio Brown go for in last year's draft? And true or false, Antonio Brown's five years of draft history have accumulated him for over $400 worth of draft money in those five drafts. Uh, I have a guess on the amount, but you go ahead first. I feel like it was somewhere around like 60. I want to say it's like 53. Antonio Brown went for $66 last year. He was like the third most expensive player. Fourth, sorry. Wow. I think wow. uh, Lev Bell and Odell Beckham both went for 70 and he was next at 66 That was bad timing because he had figured out his helmet. He was back in camp. <laughs> he was looking like he was going <laughs> to suit up for the silver and black, and then it was just awful. His feet had thawed out. Yep, his feet had thawed out. He, all the past... <laughs> yeah. So over uh, under four hundred bucks. Uh, 
I'm pretty sure it was like 91 has to. I'll say just over. Um, so if it was five years at 400 points, what is that, an 80, an average of $80? Yes. Yeah. I don't think he got there the first two years. He didn't get there the first year. He didn't get there the last year. I'm going to say just under it. I'm checking to make sure my math's good. I have it at 395, but I want to double check that. So 66 and 103, 159, 159 and 84 is 243, 243 and 79 is 322, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, 398, that's definitely true. But, um, all right, so prediction time. Okay. We just talked. All right, Cos, so, I, I got one question for you. Oh, um, I already okay. asked this to Phil the other day, but I had one one trivia question that I came across when I was just flipping through some stuff last week, I think it was. Um, had me thinking with this season. So, always got to have a Larry Fitzgerald question ready at my, at my side. Yeah, he's the baby goat. Yeah. So... Just doing some research. I always like to do Larry Fitzgerald research. So, did you know since he has come into the league, Larry Fitzgerald has led the Cardinals in receptions every single season except for one? I only started thinking of this because I thought this might be a year where he actually does not lead the the Cardinals in receptions with the uh, with the signing of DeAndre Hopkins. So, I was trying to think like, hey. I don't look back like has anyone ever beaten him out? So can you name the other player that has led the Arizona Cardinals in receptions for a season since Larry Fitzgerald joined the team back in two thousand three? Wow, that's a good one, Shane. Oh come on! Did Phil, I got, did Phil I get got it? this right away? Okay. Phil got it. All right, right I mean, away. I mean, the name that pops in my head right away is Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden is correct. Okay. It was I, back in 2006. <laughs> all right. That felt, so, that felt easy. That's why I was like, yeah. He, he, Larry Fitzgerald got hurt for three games that year and lost out to Bolden, I think, by like four receptions. Wow. Um, but he has led the Cardinals in receptions every other season of his career. Is he, He'll end up second all-time in catches, right? He's second all-time right now okay. and most likely will end up just short of Rice by a couple hundred, maybe like a hundred or so, depending on how long he plays. Yeah, it definitely – I mean, that team is loaded in wide receivers. There's no reason for him to keep hanging on, right? Yeah, I mean, got to figure he's going to get – well, obviously he's given this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he gives two more years this year and next. Yeah, because I, I heard Tampa Bay needs some more players, so maybe he'll go there after this year. <laughs> um, 
I want to talk about them. We'll we'll get into since we were still on the topic of the highest priced players. Who do you guys think goes for the most money this year? Um, Phil, uh, Phil, I know you've been busy, so the the players probably would be Saquon, Julio. Um, those have to be the top contenders, right? Uh, it's, it's the, the the correct answer is Saquon, and it's not yeah, close. It's yeah. not close. It, Saquon is going to go for ninety dollars. Yeah, I, I would I would say it's going to be Saquon by a healthy margin. Running back is just too valuable of a position, and when you get a top three or four player available, you have all these teams that accumulated draft cash last year that are just sitting on piles of money. I think every team kept a running back, though, if I'm not mistaken. I, I thought... It's still so valuable. No, 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 I, I, I know. Uh, Fegley. Fegley's the only one that did. Okay. Yeah, he kept Mahomes and Hill. I almost said Tyler, but then he kept Lamar Jackson, so... Um. <laughs> if you have hey, hey, he he hey, Rob. No, no Lamar Jackson's a running back. You're at a huge advantage every single week. Yeah, I know. I did for quite a few years. We, we know you won the title a few years ago. Congrats. <laughs> Can we move on? <laughs> I'm not moving on until you win one yourself, sir. <laughs> uh, don't worry. Patience, my friend. <laughs> um, has anyone looked at Spears' draft cap? 238, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so it's stupid. Why? He's going to throw 100 bucks at him. Um, I don't know. I would. He can he could throw one hundred and thirty dollars at him and still have more than the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> what what did you want me to do? What what like? I'm not trading McCaffrey. Well, not I was, trade away your draft cash and miss the playoffs. That's what I wanted you to hey, do. Hey, I still finished in the plus last year. God, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall in those McCaffrey negotiations last year. And read back through some of those texts and see at what point Cos said, I promise I won't keep Christian McCaffrey next season. What about his right? <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely didn't have the intentions of keeping him. That was definitely, that was true. <laughs> I was planning on trading him in the offseason, just no one stepped up with an offer. Everyone's afraid to trade me. Spears is like, I'll get all this money. I'll get him back next year in the draft. Cos said he wouldn't keep him. <laughs> how, how many... <laughs> How many offers did you get for McCaffrey? Um, I had. I'm hoping I don't miss anyone. I had, I had three. I mean, you just said you didn't have any offers. You had three, just because they're not what you think is fair. No, no, no. I, did I say I had no offers? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I misspoke. Then I didn't have any that I liked enough. Yeah. And the problem, I mean, the problem was. I wanted it to be, I wanted to get some more money back, and that was that's part of the problem. It wasn't going to happen. I was really hoping to make a move with Sure for Chubb, um, but he's unwilling to budge with him at six dollars, which I don't blame him. Yeah. He wanted to do a deal around DJ Moore and Cash, I think. So. Thank you, but I have to move. <laughs> Um, and then I had an offer from Shane for Miles Sanders and Mike Evans. Technically, I just offered you anyone on my team. 
<laughs> yeah, but yes, so. that was that was the one I threw at you. And then that's uh, not a great offer here. Tyler and I were kicking around Saquon and Lamar, but Saquon was too expensive to keep. It wouldn't have really made a difference money wise for me to rather have McCaffrey. Sounds like I gave you the best offer. No. No, David Johnson is not really a guy I was excited about. I mean, I mean, he's an RB two. Is, is he going to play sixteen games? So, are any of these guys going to play sixteen games? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's valid, I guess. Yeah, I, I, look, I don't like him either, but he's an RB two. I, I threw him back in the draft. If I didn't have Henry, I would have kept him. I don't love him, but an RB two, a very limited position. You get a top twenty four guy. You can throw him in the flex spot. Plus, with Aaron Jones and another five dollars, you're able to keep those players. Pick up another twenty dollars or so from what you would have kept with McCaffrey and draft cash, and you're in a much better spot than you are now. So it was, it was a deal. Like the players, no, those two players aren't worth McCaffrey, but Aaron Jones is so cheap, and David Johnson is so cheap. Plus cash, you actually can go into the draft with. Two starting running backs and a budget to work with. That, that was the offer. I still have a, I, I still have a budget to work with. You know, ninety is intimidating. Trust me. Whatever it is, it's ninety, right? Ninety ish, something. Ninety seven. Yeah. So that's intimidating. But if you factor in that, I'm going to spend a dollar on my quarterback and a dollar on my bench players. I mean, uh-huh. it's workable. And then what? You have five other spots you have to fill. Mm-hmm. So you're talking $20 players. If I, I mean, average, yeah. Yeah, it'll be just fine. All right. Um, All right, let's talk about Tampa Bay because they added Leonard Fournette this week to an already um, crowded backfield of Ronald Jones, LaShawn McCoy, and Keyshawn Vaughn. Where do you guys see the running back position shaking out in Tampa Bay? Um, Fournette got a little more than I think what people were expecting him to get after not being claimed in the waiver process. Um, but I still think it's not necessarily clear as to who the lead guy is going to be there. We haven't really seen um, Tampa Bay, especially last year, devote themselves to one running back under Bruce Arians. But what do you what do you guys think is going to happen this year? I think we're going to see them kick the tires for a couple of weeks and try out a bunch of guys. And eventually by week three or four, when they realize that Fournette's better than every option they have, they're going to hand the reins over to him. We saw last year, Ronald Jones can't play. He He's no good. They... They made a mistake drafting him that early. They knew it very early on. They, they played him as limited as they could last year, hoping he was going to develop. But you don't get too many projects at the running back position coming into the NFL, and, and he certainly looked like one. He, he's not in their future plans anymore. Uh, I like Fournette as the bell cow, and I like Vaughn as a, a long-term play, maybe change of pace guy. I think both are ownable. But wherever Ronald Jones is getting drafted now, like eighth or ninth round, is is probably too high for for what I'd be looking at. So you think Fournette's the most expensive running back taken out of the the four of them? I do. Yes. 
I think I think Fournette goes for the most money. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jones is gonna be the most productive though of the four. I'm gonna hold on to that. So he's been a camp standout for them so far. Aaron's backed him today. I'm not sure what Aaron's is supposed to say, so I'm not gonna put a lot of stock in that. But um, I don't know. I, I I mean the media participation at camp has been so limited now. That you're basically just reading coaches' takes on players, including I, I, you know, Bruce Arian says Ronald Jones is the starter and going to be the work. That's that's worth nothing. Well, it's, it's meaningless. It's a, you're, you're almost better off not reading any of that stuff going into the season. Just doing I don't know. I you know research you can do. I just read an article from a beat reporter that said that he's looked the best in camp. He's taken the most reps with the first team. Um, that's what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're gonna. Ronald Jones is gonna get the the first opportunity to to be the guy there. Um, it's gonna take a little while for Fournette to to get worked in, but at some point, just like in pretty much every situation, it's gonna come down to a talent talent thing for me. And I, I just think Leonard Fournette's a lot more talented than the other options that they have. Um. Eventually, they're going to be like, hey, we need to get the best player on the field. That's what the NFL is all about. We need to get the best player in the lineup and get the production out of them that we can. And Leonard Fournette is just a better football player than the other options that they have right now. So you don't think he's washed? I don't think he's washed, no. Okay. I think he was in a really bad situation in Jacksonville. Yeah, the thing that was attractive about him in Jacksonville was that he was guaranteed for 20 touches a game. That's the, that's the part that's scary about him now in Tampa. I mean, just think about the situation he's in now. I mean, you go from Jacksonville where it's just a dumpster fire. You go now. You have Tom Brady leading the team, where going to get you into a lot better running situations. Like, like I mean, even if you're not as good as you was maybe two years ago, you just got to figure that the situations where he's carrying the ball, he's going to be put in spots where hey, we know we're we're set up to to be successful here with a run play. Um, I got, I got to figure that's going to play a huge role in, in making him effective this year. Yeah, there definitely should be some red zone opportunities for him. Um, that's something that he struggled with the last couple of years was scoring touchdowns. Um, you'd expect that to improve. The, the problem I see is that there's so many pass catchers around. I could just see this being a team that airs it out 30 to 40 times a game. We still, you still got to remember that Tom Brady's not a young guy. I mean, I, I as much as I'd like to see it, I, I can't imagine him throwing the ball that many times per game and them wanting him to throw the ball that many times a game. Um, I think there's going to be plenty of room for, for them to give Fournette 15 carries a game at least. Uh, he didn't go down there to be a game manager. I, I think he's going to air it out. Uh, but they'll, they'll, they'll still have a good balance. It'll be a high-scoring offense. Shane, I was a little surprised you didn't keep Mike Evans staying on the topic of Tampa Bay. Can you walk us through that process for you? Yeah, I mean, I had a bunch of options I, that I could consider. I mean, I thought I had about five players that were keeper possibilities between the two I kept, Sanders and Juju. Um, 
And then I had Cooper Cup, um, Mike Evans, James Conner. And I thought Chris Carson was a little too expensive. But with the draft cash that I gave away, I wanted to have a little bit in the tank. I mean, I don't have much. I'm still one of the lower guys in the league. But Mike Evans was just a little too expensive. Um, Wanted to make sure I kept one running back. Thought Sanders was my better option over Connor, so I kept him. And then wanted to have a little money saved, so went with the much cheaper option in Juju, hopefully getting a bounce back year here with Ben healthy. Um, figured Juju gets thrown back in the draft. His He's probably going for, I, I don't know, $40, $50, somewhere in that range. Um, Evans was going to cost me that to keep, so um, kind of had to do some, some financial planning there. Um, even though I love Mike Evans, been a teabag standout since day one. Um, had to cut ties though. Yeah, so you cutting, well, let's talk about a couple things. Did you ever consider Mark Andrews? I did, but I figured, you know, the tight end position, I mean, is how much is Mark Andrews really going to go for in the draft? Um, Yep. Is he really worth that? I mean, maybe he go maybe he goes for twenty five. I, I don't know, um, but just the tight end position. We know that it, it fluctuates. Um, it's hard to trust anyone but the the very top tier guys like Kelsey Kittle, um, Ertz. Um, I don't know. For me, it, it's it's too risky of a play to, to keep someone like that when you you have a players that the other players that I had like a Juju. Evans, even I would even consider Chris Carson before, before keeping uh, Andrews. I had um, I had predicted when I was doing my research, I had you pegged for keeping Cup and Connor. That's what I thought you were going to do. <laughs> okay, Samson. Glad that I can. Uh, glad that I can still keep you on your toes. Yeah. No. Near the bag, Samson. I was way off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you were. Uh, you had, like you said, you had a lot of options that were all kind of about the same. So I wasn't sure. Um, I thought that one financially made the most sense for you, but I think, I mean, you probably did keep the best talent other than Evans, obviously. But um, there's been a little concern, I think, about Mike Evans being a deep threat and having Tom Brady as his quarterback, seeing as that's not really Tom's game anymore. Yeah, that actually went into my thought process. I mean, um, no bigger Brady believer than me, but I mean, he, like I said, he is older. Um, at some point, the arm strength starts to come down. You're not going to be able to just throw the ball down the field. I don't think we're looking at a, a Randy Moss 07 situation here um, with Evans, even though as much as I'd like it to see it, I don't think that that's, that's what's going to take place. Um, I still think Mike Evans is going to be fine. I think Brady finds him for a bunch of, bunch of scores. He's going to production is still going to be, be really high, but I don't know. For the price tag, I had to pay for him to keep him with the bump, um, and just me not having money to begin with, it was it was just too much. Yeah, I mean, playing in Bruce Arians' offense, it's going to be a lot of sacks, and it's going to be a lot of yards per attempt and, and downfield throws. That's just his, his sacks will go way up, but he'll start throwing the long ball a little bit more. I'm not too concerned with that. With Mike Evans, they'll, they'll, they'll find out a way to make it work, especially with Chris Godwin on the other side. Don't forget about Scoot Miller in the middle there. Mm-hmm. Um, so with 
Mike Evans and Todd Gurley being thrown back into this year's draft. The last the last remnants of our twenty fifteen initial draft have now gone gone behind us. Yep, they were the two strongholds. They were the ones that me and you just didn't couldn't give them up. Um, they were the last two to go. Yep. Um, now it's fresh, clean slate. Everyone's had new keepers since the beginning. It's kind of surprising that it took this long. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, five years, five years to uh, to clean clean the slate. Um, you should have had stiffer penalties on there. <laughs> Heard about that. Yeah. Guy can't draft Todd Gurley in, in year one and then ride it to a few championships and brag about it for the rest of his life. Yep. Yeah. You uh, you nailed it there, bud. All right. So what do you guys what do you guys see shaking out in this year's draft? Um, the keeper keeper dollar amounts. Um, I think there's five hundred and twenty five dollars worth of keepers. Um, it's pretty consistent in the last couple of years. It's been in that 520 to 540 range the last three years. Um, so, you know, pretty much status quo in terms of the dollar amounts that teams are going to have to come into the draft this year. Um, are you guys anticipating anything strange with this draft? I mean, I don't, I highly doubt that we are all as prepared as we normally would be coming into this draft just because of 2020 being what it's been this year. But, are you guys anticipating maybe the higher end players going for a little less, maybe going for a little more because of the uncertainty? What are you guys anticipating? Well, I'll say the one thing is that I'm looking forward to and I'm excited about that I think is going to pump some juice into the draft is we already spoke about it. The fact that Spears has all the money. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, him having all the money is just setting up for, for some nice fireworks, especially early in the draft. I mean, I think we, we've seen it where year two it was where Spears had all the money and he turned it into a juggernaut. Um, so, I mean, him having $238 to spend, it's, it's going to make certainly some fireworks in the beginning of the draft. I, I got to say, I would imagine that everyone is probably a little less prepared than they would be, like you said. I know I am. Um, just the uncertainty of whether they're going to, whether they were going to play. I mean, there's just a lot of factors going into it, but I, I can't imagine that everyone's been locked locked in as much as we might may have been in years past. Um, but it's still going to be exciting. Um, I, I don't think that the the prices it's still fancy football. We still kind of have a grasp of what we're doing. Um, I, I wouldn't see it, the prices changing. I would I would say top running backs. Like Barkley is probably going to go for eighty, ninety dollars. The top receivers are you're going to see in that sixty, seventy range, and then it's going to work its way work its way down from there. Yeah, I think there's going to be more of a premium on the proven commodities in a year like this one, and those players at the top of their class, like the Barkleys, uh, will go for a little bit higher than we expect, and then what we'll see. As far as the deep sleepers go, is a whole lot of $1 players that get cut after week one and a crazy waiver wire weeks one, two, and three. Because you're going to get all these guys that we would normally at least read a little bit about at camp that are going to come out of nowhere. And we'll be able to get these players cheap uh, with the waiver wire and, and, and see who ends up actually keeping some of those players that they 
weeks one, two, and three. And then the season could be canceled and we could, you know, scrap the whole thing altogether. <laughs> but to me, the, the, the better players, the proven commodities, they're, they're worth a premium. You're going to pay for them and you're rolling the dice on everybody else. All of these rookies are complete rolls of the dice way more than they normally are. Yeah, we don't really have a feel for the role that guys like J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, um, even like a Cam Akers. We don't have we don't really have a feel for what DeAndre Swift, what their role is going to be um, on their teams because we haven't really seen preseason games. Obviously, so you know we haven't seen the guys that don't play or, or play a lot in week three of preseason, don't play at all. And what would be this week of preseason. So it's going to be hard. I mean, all four of those guys I just mentioned, they're not clear-cut uh, guys in their backfield. I'd say Akers is probably the one that has the most clear-cut role to being the starter for the Rams. Dobbins competing with Ingram. Uh, Taylor competing with Mack. And Swift competing with uh, on Johnson. You know, those are... Those, right there, that's six names that... You know, one of those guys is going to go for a huge value and be a potential league winner. Yep. You got to find that right one. And I don't have a clue who that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you have any ideas of who that's going to be, shoot it my way because yeah. I, I have no idea. I can tell you Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to go for some bucks. Yeah. Yes, he is. He, he... I yeah, that's that's a good. What, what's he gonna go for? I have him in the seven. I have him in the seventies. I think he's the second best running back on the board. Okay, what do your analytics say? <laughs> I'll say he goes for sixty-two. No, I think he's north of sixty-five. I think he's right around seventy. <laughs> It feels bad to bid that much for a rookie running back, but yes, it does. Um, Chiefs offense running back can't ask for much more, but I I never saw the guy play at LSU. I don't watch a lot of college football, so I don't even know what what to expect from him. I I don't watch him that much either, but I mean. We've seen other rookies like Saquon go for what did Saquon go for seventy five? Yes. I mean, I watched a bunch of LSU games last year, and it's it's he's a good player. Clearly, um, it's tough to, tough for me to gauge some of the LSU guys because they were so good last year. Like it was an aberration of like they were so much better than everyone else that it's tough to kind of tell is this guy that good or is it just because everyone around him is so good I mean they were just loaded with NFL talent on their team um, at every position pretty much so I mean I don't know that he was the best running back that I saw in college football last year I'm, I'm not going that far but it's more of a situational thing for me um, I think that's where everyone's falling in love I mean you get to go play with Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid is your coach Super Bowl champions I mean What's not to like there? Yeah, and you're going into a role where Damian Williams was the clear-cut best guy last year. He's opting out of the season because of COVID. And then you have guys like Darrell Williams and Dar- Darwin Thompson 
who were given plenty of opportunities last year and were unable to do anything with any of them. So that's, I mean, that's what separates Hilaire from everybody else in this draft. I mean, there shouldn't be a whole lot of competition for him. That's kind of kind of the selling point for him. I mean, there's not a whole lot. I mean, DeAndre Washington's the only guy with really a load of NFL experience, and he's coming from a separate team. I mean, so everyone's kind of in the same boat in Kansas City. There, it's kind of who's who's the most talented guy. I gotta feel like he's the most talented guy to be able to carry the ball and catch the ball out of the backfield out of out of all of them. Yeah. Um. Here's a thing that I think may reign true for this draft. With all the uncertainty of, you know, not seeing a lot of these position guys, we've seen a couple guys even be on new teams like Hopkins in Arizona. Um, I feel like the top, there's a couple of top quarterbacks available. Obviously, Jackson and Mahomes were kept. They're the best two. But then we have guys like Deshaun Watson. Um, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, uh, might be missing a few, but Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray. Yep. And, uh, I kind of feel like those four quarterbacks should command some dollars in this draft this year. Um, I know we always talk about how deep quarterback is and how it's not really valued in our league, but I think we've seen over the last couple of years that you need to hit that position to really, you know, have a good year in our league. So I think those four guys should command some more money than they've gone for in the past. Um, and I, I think, you know, some of these guys that have money to spend, they should they should spend some of that and make sure that they get one of those top four quarterbacks. Yeah, you would think, and we kind of have the same conversation every year. And I... I still think we see quarterbacks going for a low amount. I mean, I, I, I don't. I mean, maybe you pay up a little bit, but I, I still don't see it getting any higher than. I don't see them getting into the twenties. Who who was Eddie's quarterback in the championship last year? Uh, he traded Lamar. I think he started Drew Brees. I just think there's a drop. There's a significant drop off after um, Watson, Wilson, Prescott, and Murray in this draft. Yeah, I think that's fair. But how significant of a premium do you think they'll pay? Uh, that's the problem. I don't think there. I, I don't think there's going to be, because I think the guys that have money are going to do enough at the other positions to to kind of uh, make up for the fact that, you know, that, that they don't need to necessarily pay for those quarterbacks. I mean, Eddie had, an, Eddie had an awesome team last year. It was one of the best teams that we've seen in this league um, in a long time. But I'd like to argue the fact that without having Lamar Jackson for the first half, of, maybe a little more of that first half of the season last year, I'm not sure he's in the position he was in to dominate in the playoffs. Having Lamar Jackson kind of put him in in the position where he could use Lamar to better his roster um, as Lamar's schedule got tougher. Um, 
I don't know. I just, I just think finding a player like that that's about to have that season is very important. Um, yeah, clearly hitting on quarterback is is one of the essential parts of a fantasy football. I mean, it's a, it's a big it's a big point position. I mean, that's where you're getting a big chunk of your points because they clearly score the highest average of most of pretty much every player. Um, I just don't know that there's anyone out there like Lamar Jackson. I don't, I don't know that <laughs> there, there's no one that's going to put up that kind of season on the board. I mean, I, I can't see any of these quarterbacks that are available putting up. I mean, maybe Kyler Murray, I, but I, I, I don't even think that um, we haven't seen anyone Lamar Jackson like him since, I mean, it's Michael Vick. It's the only other quarterback that's like him. Um, I, I I agree, but I, I think the difference is going to be instead of a $1 or $2 quarterback, you're betting 11 or $12. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll just be what it's been the last few years. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I can't, I know personally I can't get myself to, I mean, if, if one of those quarterbacks is there for 10 bucks, yeah, I'll probably pick, take a stab at him, but I, I can't see myself getting past the $15 mark when you could grab... I don't even know, just off the top of my head here. Josh Allen. A, a quarterback. Could jo- you say Josh Allen? Josh yeah, Allen, I mean, yeah. you, could, you could probably grab a Josh Allen for five bucks. I mean, you grab an Aaron Rodgers for three dollars. I mean, yeah. Do you think we could see <clears throat> Prescott, Murray, Wilson, Watson all go for close to 10? Because we haven't, we haven't yeah. historically seen that the last couple of years. We've seen. Watson and Wilson go for 10 to 15 and then everybody else kind of falls in line underneath them. Yeah, I would say it's fair to see maybe those four go for go for the 10 to 15 range and then the drop off probably there where everyone else is probably $5 or less. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think you're going to see that for the first time like a real tier of those top guys in that $10 range. Because I mean, when you get down to it, after after those guys, after those four, and they all use their legs uh, to supplement their arm talent, you know, Josh Allen's probably the next in that tier in terms of using their legs and having some arm talent to go with it. But then you get into guys like um, Baker Mayfield and Big Ben and Matt Ryan and Tom Brady. They're all pretty much the same. Like they're just gonna sit back there and. If you know, I I wouldn't spend two for any one of those guys because I can just get the next one that's an exact clone of them for a dollar. Yeah, agreed. There's there's no real. I mean, outside of Brady, in my opinion, there's no quarterback that's going to sit back there and not add any value with their legs that actually stands out. I think Brady's the only one, in my opinion, out of that group that stands out, and that's because of the weapons and the system. Yeah. All right, uh, we do. This is our first draft in a couple years with a new guy. Um, we have Jason Rankin taking over Butler's franchise. Um, what advice would you guys provide to a guy who's never drafted in this league before, outside of my dad leaving him eight dollars for nine players in the first draft? Um, what What advice would you give to Jason as he's about to step into um, his first draft in a league? And draft that looks very different from that one that he participated in in 2015. 
Uh, he's, got, he's got some money to spend. Let's talk about his situation a little bit. He had 250 coming in. He traded 10 of that um, to get Josh Jacobs. So I believe he has Jacobs and Metcalf for a total of 41 against the 240. I think he's running out there with 199 to fill. So good good amount of money to spend. Um, but what advice do you, do you have for him to, to possibly spend that? Uh, I mean, against better judgment of obviously not wanting to see him do well because he's in our division, I believe. Um, it's just don't get bullied around. I mean, <laughs> you have all the money. You have 200 bucks to spend. Um, spend it. Yeah, I'll, I'll say something similar. It's when you have a player that you want and maybe the bidding gets a, a little bit higher than what you were hoping for, if you're in love with that player, just, just keep going. It, 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 the, the, the moment we leave the draft, it doesn't matter if you paid $28 for that guy you thought was a sleeper or you know 37 or 38 that you thought you could grab late, like the Miles Sanders last year. That doesn't make any difference except when a time comes time to, to pick cheapers next year. If there's somebody you want and you have to pay more for them, who cares? You have the cash. It, it, it's just I, – yeah, I, 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 I agree. Yeah. What do you think, Shane? Yeah, to double up on you, like I, I think it comes down to there's going to come a point in the draft where guys are going to go for more than you were comfortable with at the start. Like, and it's, I mean, it's, it's just inevitable people are going to go for probably more than what you thought. Um, and it's just a matter of being, being comfortable with that being like, all right, I had this, if you have this player valued at $30 and he, now he's at 37, what, what's the difference? I mean, you you find comments like that. You'll be bidding against someone. You'll bid them up. You'll get to like 30 and then you'll say 31. They're like, Oh, well, I only had him at $30. I almost dropped out. It's like, well, that's stupid. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're going to target players and, and you have people that you like, I mean, go after them. I mean, it's, it's that simple. I, especially, I think when, especially when you have all the money. That's an important part. The second part of that is if Cause jumps in late with a bid, you should try and get that player. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those players that have panned out. So if he waits until the very end and he's like 12, 13, that's when you know. <laughs> I feel like that was a compliment. It was. Yeah. I feel like you just You're said welcome. a nice thing about me. You're welcome. Chris Godwin. Try to get in as ma- try to get in as many bids that causes it. Kaz does the most research. He knows the really good players. <laughs> well, to go along with that, the guy that no one. I don't think he's really talking about right now um, because he doesn't have all the money. And I think people forget about how good his keepers are. No one's really talking about the defending champion, Steel Curtain. Yep. Still like the position that Ed's in. Um, Got Mm -hmm. a top-tier running back and the top receiver. Doesn't have a whole lot of cash, but, I mean, when you got those two guys to start with, it's... He's going to be a force to be reckoned with. We know he's going to put the prep work in. You know he's got a plan. Um, generally drafts pretty well. So, 
definitely got to be looking out for the uh, for the curtain, just like we do every year. Yeah, if he hits on a a fifty dollar player or a sixty dollar player, watch out. Uh, he had a great year last year. After drafting Montgomery, who didn't really pan out, uh, he does draft well. Uh, if he does get that $50 or $60 cornerstone player that's going to be another RB1 or another wide receiver one, then he's going to have another great year. He doesn't ever really do that, though. That's the thing. <clears throat> he kind of spreads his money out. So I don't know if we'll see him do that. I, I think we could see him add some a, a plethora of 30 to $40 players before he goes out and blows 60 on one guy. But we'll see. I don't know. I have no feel for how this I thought, is I thought he paid like 50 for Montgomery last year. Was it not that much? Might have been 40. I think it was in the 40s. I don't think he got up that high. But that was that was the classic last good player available, and he needed to fill that running back spot. And yeah. that, that's, that's, I guess, the one advice I would offer to Rankin. Don't get yourself on a bidding war for the last player of a tier. Because that gets ugly in a hurry. Yeah, then you end up paying $5 more for a player that's not as good as someone that you wanted for $50. Now you're paying 55 for someone that's not as good. Yeah. But your tiers are going to be different than somebody else's tiers. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes it fun. We'll say the one thing that Eddie's got going for him this year into the draft is sounds like he won't have Papa Kaz next to him in his ear, giving him shit. Yes. Yeah, we do have a couple guys that are not going to be there this year. Um, Uh, Do we we have a confirmed number? So um, confirmed outs are Tyler, Tyler's wife, pregnant. um, So he's going to just do probably the responsible thing and stay away. Um... Micah lives with his grandparents, um, so that obviously makes sense. He shouldn't be necessarily gallivanting around society, hanging out with randoms. Um, My dad, I think, you know. I I don't know for randoms, but (laughs) yeah, I understand. You know, my my dad's pushing 60, so I think that, uh, you know, I think he's probably making a good move in not being there and then I don't know Sure's the only one that's in the air from that I've talked to that I'm not sure if he'll be there or not everybody else is confirmed that they're coming uh yes that would be well I'm bringing Rankin uh I know you guys will be there Fegley and Spears are coming Bowl and Eddie will be there how, how, how many is that well that sounds like at least eight yeah we have eight guaranteed sounds like eight I think I think I should be good on chairs with eight, because um, we can just bring the dining room. I, I, I was looking around the basement when I sent that message, and I'm just like, "Holy shit! There's no, there's nothing here." But I, I, I think we should be fine. Okay. So bring bring around everything else. <laughs> I'm gonna have beer and tomato pie. If you want other snacks or other other food, nobody sent me over any beer preferences, so I'm just gonna grab something. Unless somebody says they want something specific. Just don't get Chetties. People don't actually like that stuff. So. <laughs> no, uh, stop. I know. Shane, we, we, we got to make a bet for me to lose a six-pack or two to you. Yeah, we'll think of something. We'll think of something. It was right. easy money last year. 
Got about so eight. So like a housewarming party slash housewarming draft. You don't see that a lot. What you paid for that crib, you don't need a housewarming, my man. <laughs> Straight cash, homie. Yeah, I, I'm, I bet. I, I bet. All right, we got about seven minutes. Um, any, anything else that you guys want to add heading into what should be a, a fun sixth draft in the Sons of Fantasy Football League? teams and say who do you think has the best position going into the draft considering keepers and considering draft cash so I'm curious to hear your guys thoughts on, on who you think uh, going into it is the early favorite to come out of it with the best team well I'm glad that you said that's a good segue Phil because a couple of my points that I, one of the points I was going to make was that I'm looking forward to the most is how the Seawolves are going to screw this up Uh, a man after my own heart (laughs) we said favorite teams here yeah um, and yours is definitely one of my favorites I mean Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry in 187 is a pretty healthy start Um, we've seen you have a healthy start just about every year Um, how are the Seawolves going to screw this up and end up selling at the deadline that's kind of what I'm looking forward to seeing Josh Um, Gordon, Sammy Watkins probably Little OBJ sprinkled in there for fifty bucks. And, what? Yeah. Uh, what? Que- what questionable player are you falling in love with right now that no one else is yeah. that you're going to overspend on? That's what we want to know. Um, that's that's one of the things. One of the other things that I'm looking forward to is just with obviously it's the biggest thing in the air. I think is the COVID situation. How much is is depth going to be more on people's minds? Because I, I, it's on mine. Um, is, is that going to affect how people want to build their rosters is being maybe more depth as far as having more quality players instead of top heavy players. Um, just with the unknown of man, my, my top player could go out at any point. <laughs> um, so I'm not, I'm just wondering if that's going to take a, take a precedent in anyone's draft strategy this year. So. Yeah, I think it com- it could come into play. I mean, this is perfect for you in acquiring as many backup running backs as possible. <laughs> I, I like Feg- I like Fegley's position right now. I think you start with Mahomes and his his best wide receiver. Um, you have a pretty decent amount of money to spend. I think, if I remember correctly, um, yeah, one seventy eight. Yeah, so he can go out and add a big running back or two, and sprinkle some people around. Um which should be another MVP-worthy season from Patrick Mahomes. So I, I like Fegley, and I think a sneaky flyer um, is Mixed Mad Dogs. I like Eckler and Devontae Adams this year, and I think he's got a decent amount of money, too. I, I like his start. Yeah, I was looking at that team, too. I I like sure coming out of the gate with two potential RB1s. I know he's a little short on cash, but... No, I mean, those are, those are two guys that could finish top three, top four at the running back position. I don't know what you're going to get out of mixing. Are you going to get the mixing out of the first half of last year or second half? I like mixing. And I, I had first half, and, and then I traded him. And maybe him just not being on my team is good upside that they can take advantage of. Uh, you're not seeing a lot of other teams that kept two running backs, which is which I find really interesting. You know, wide receiver running back, 
tight end running back, running back wide receiver, no running back, running back tight end, running back wide receiver. Yeah, I'm actually surprised by that. I feel like we're keeping less running backs this year than we have in years past. Uh, It's around the same. I think there's 12 total, and I think we've never had more than like 14. I think there were a lot of running backs kept that year, but Paul Perkins and Eddie Lacy were two of them, so that doesn't really count. Upside. They had a lot of upside. They said P&L. No, that was my only point. All right. Well, let's try to wrap this up in under the hour mark. So, yeah, Monday, Phil's house. I'll be there at noon. We're going to start drafting at 1. There will be a Zoom for those that are unable to join us. Um, thank you both for joining me and officially starting the 2020 season. If you guys wouldn't mind staying on Zoom with me for a little bit, I'd like to uh, select the draft order with some uh, witnesses so that I can get that out and nobody uh, uh, accuses me of corruption because yep. I know that's never been a thought in anyone's mind in this league. <laughs> so, um, and also, I'd like to pick names for the Crystal Ball Pool, if you guys can hold on for the guys that cross over in both those leagues. So I'll be doing that yep. tonight, providing those lists. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Look forward to seeing you all on Monday, drafting with you guys, and celebrating what will hopefully be the first fun part of the 2020 year of the, of the board. So um, I will talk to you guys on Monday. And uh, good luck. Thanks for listening. Desert Dog out.